Ladies and gents, we're back with another episode of the Focused on Infinity podcast. Let's get right into it. Uh, no, seriously. We're back on Focused on Infinity, and today I have a story for you. I have seen a whole lot of fascist fuck shit from this country, but this takes the cake. I mean, it's really bad. And it's not bad because it's as horrible as, say, the border policy, which is putting kids in cages, kids and parents and all manner of other folks. It's bad because it's just such a dirty, dirty trick. And what's so interesting about it to me is that it shows exactly what I mean when I say that liberalism or centrism or whatever you want to call it enables fascism. Centrism enables fascism. Remember that and let's get into it. This is from an article in the Detroit Free Press. About 90 additional students of a fake university in Metro Detroit created by the Department of Homeland Security have been arrested in recent months. A total of about 250 students have now been arrested since January on immigration violations by U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, that's ICE, as part of a sting operation by federal agents who enticed foreign-born students, mostly from India, to attend the school that marketed itself as offering graduate programs in technology and computer studies. This is according to ICE officials. Okay, there's so much to unpack that I gotta slow down and, and, and pick it apart. ICE created a fake university, a whole fake university, for what they call a sting operation. This is some obvious entrapment, right? Like, you make a university, tell foreign-born students that it's, that it's all good, and that it's someplace they can go, and since, you know, since a lot of people are getting student visas, or a lot of, I mean, at least the people who are involved in this were getting student visas, they're like, oh, okay, my, you know, my university lost its accreditation, or something like that, or, oh, you know, I want to go take some graduate courses, and this place looks good, and it says that it's accredited, and, and before anyone says that, no, they couldn't have, it couldn't have been accredited, no, it was incorporated in January of 2016, uh, and just keep in mind for a second, who was president? in January of, of 2016. It wasn't, it wasn't our 45th president. It wasn't our 45th president, was it? Hmm, interesting. But let me read you a little bit more from the article in the Detroit Free Press. Attorneys for ICE and the Department of Justice maintain that the students should have known it was not a legitimate university because it did not have classes in a physical location. But, and this is also from the article, attorneys for the students arrested said they were unfairly trapped by the U.S. government since the Department of Homeland Security had said on its website that the university was legitimate. An accreditation agency that was working with the U.S. on its sting operation also listed the university as legitimate. Okay, this is mind-boggling. They worked together with an accreditation agency and told everyone that this place was legitimate, that it was all good to go there, and you could get a visa, a student visa, and stay in the U.S., but then they pull the rug out from under everyone and deport them en masse, pretty much. And even some people who had left this university and went to other ones, well, they got arrested too. Even though they had, you know, maybe they smelled something was off and they went to a different university or diff some, some sort of different educational institution and said, you know what, I don't like this, let's go there. Even ones that switched, if they had been there or had been applied there at any point, according to ICE, they were still here illegally at some point and need to be deported immediately, without delay. Even though they would never have gone to this fake university if fucking ICE hadn't created it in the first place. 
I mean, how can anyone with any ounce of sense think that this is okay for taxpayer money to be spent on? Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. You take a bunch of vulnerable people, people from another country who are, they're literally trying to come here to get an education, to better themselves, and also to add to our country, right? To bring some of their culture and some of, you know, their best folks. And a lot of them wanted to stay and be a part of our country. And they got duped by ICE, thinking everything was okay. And now 80% of them were granted voluntary departure and departed the United States. Granted voluntary departure, meaning they didn't detain them and treat them even more like criminals. They just let them get on a plane and go back home rather than giving them some extra punitive treatment of some kind. So how does this show how liberalism or centrism enables fascism? And let me make a quick sidebar. A lot of people still, when they hear liberal, they, they, they think that we're talking about just liberal as in how it used to be taken, liberal versus conservative, right? How you have people who are more laissez-faire about what people are doing and a little bit more open in their own lives and minds, etc., versus conservative, which means people who are a little bit more traditional, a little bit more naturally fearful, and a little bit more interested in maintaining existing ideas and systems. But liberal now has come to be associated more with neoliberalism and with a liberal ideology which talks a good game about social issues, but doesn't actually do anything about them and ends up supporting the economic structures especially and corporate structures and government structures etc that exist which are actually hurting a lot of the people that liberalism claims to be for right so in the final analysis liberalism isn't actually helping marginalized people in the way that it's supposed to and it's not really that open-minded so now uh, myself and a lot of other people I think to disambiguate, it's it makes more sense to use the term centrist because we all sort of know who we're talking about when we say centrists. Um, and centrism itself is a, kind of a nonsensical ideology because it assumes that there is always a position in between two extremes that is the place to be sought. And that just simply isn't the case, right? Assuming that there always is a midpoint assumes the validity of many ideas and ideologies which have no merit. There is no midpoint between someone who believes the earth is flat and someone who understands that it obviously is not flat. Uh, one of the most common versions of this sort of centrism is the sort of person who says, well, Nazis are bad, but also Antifa is really bad, and there's not much difference between them. Well, that's bullshit, obviously. Nazis and neo-Nazis and white supremacists and that sort of person, these are people who are working towards genocide. It's the main ideology, right? It's the whole point. Antifa is not even a structured organization. It is an ideology, which is to stand against fascism wherever it appears and using a variety of methods, some legal and some not, but with the understanding that the goal is to protect us and protect all of us, even ones we don't agree with, protect everyone from fascism. There are no deaths currently associated with Antifa. There's some broken windows, maybe some, some turned over garbage cans, maybe some people have been punched in the face or some Nazis have been doxxed or some things like that. But there's no deaths, there's no injuries, there's no body count from Antifa because, hey, guess what? Fascists and people who want fascists not to continue spreading terror 
are maybe not the same sort of person. Imagine that. But centrism holds that anyone who's getting too excited about anything must be looked upon with scrutiny because things are okay, things are fine. So if you're, if you're too excited in one direction or the other, something must be wrong with you. And there's a gooey, nougaty, and delicious center that you should always strive to be in. It's nonsense. It's just pure nonsense. More than anything, centrism is by nature a conservative ideology. And America is a right-wing country, okay? No matter what anyone tries to tell you about the liberal media and about how liberals have taken over colleges and the minds of our youth, it's just not true. Right-wing ideology is the law of the land. We are a country that believes that might makes right. We have military bases at the back door of every single country on this planet. Most other countries have none. I believe the most foreign military bases another country has is, is maybe 10. And we have almost a 1,000, okay? So if you're trying to tell me that America is inherently left-wing, even gently left-wing in any way, you're just misinformed. And I understand you being misinformed because we've all been misinformed. The things that, that really guide our country are not left ideologies, right? We're not trying to be more inclusive of other nations. We're trying to take what we can from them. We are frequently the ones who go against the UN. The UN is supposed to be, you know, the, the new League of Nations. It's where all countries come together. We make plans and we make ideas that are going to help the world out. But if you look at countries that have voted against UN resolutions or have ignored UN resolutions, we rank pretty high at the top of that list. So let's go back to this particular subject. It was under the previous presidency that this whole sting operation began. Sting operation has to be used with the most aggressive finger quotes because this is not a sting operation. This is a cruel cruel piece of entrapment. You're not looking to to get criminals here, right? What kind of criminal is going to think that their best way to get over on the country is by going to school and getting education? There's no way that someone can think that that's valid or the primary reason for them having done this, right? No way. This isn't a long line of dirty tricks that America has pulled on immigrants. Because as we need more immigration, this is historically speaking, we ease our rules against people coming into the country. Back in the day, the idea of people coming up seasonally from Mexico to be seasonal workers was commonplace. And sometimes it was welcomed. But then when our economy changed or things got a little bit worse here, then we aggressively deported so that Americans could get those jobs if they would even take them, which, I mean, let's be frank, Americans have not been doing a lot of the jobs that immigrants have been doing. The only people who have been arrested or called out or brought up in any sort of charges for this fiasco are people who were recruiters. And they've been criminally charged, and seven out of eight of them pled guilty and have been sentenced. Almost all of them are Indian, as in from India, and they're the only people that are, have seen any sort of negative repercussions for their actions here. The people who are responsible for it, that is ICE, and uh, I would say that the accreditation agency should also be brought up on charges for fraudulently, I mean, for just absolutely helping to defraud people. None of them have, not, not a single lawsuit has been filed. Nothing. The Department of Homeland Security is a new organization. It was created after 9-11 and the Patriot Act, and all that sort of thing. 
This is not an old agency. ICE is not an old agency. I have lots of items that are older than ICE. And we look at it as if it is somehow uh, a deeply entrenched and important part of our safety. But it's really not. ICE actually is only for going around the country and, and rooting out illegal immigrants. Uh, undocumented immigrants, I should say, because people are not illegal. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So Obama created, and he didn't himself create, this particular dragnet, sting, fraud, entrapment fiasco that is this University of Farmington. But it was under his purview, right? So he can't be held blameless for this. And with a name like the Deporter-in-Chief, it's pretty clear that his hands are 100% filthy, in terms of how immigrants were treated on his treated on his watch, and yes, Obama's administration focused more on uh, on criminals, on undocumented criminals, and that kind of thing. But if you look at the numbers, it just beggars belief that all those people were criminals, right? There's just no way. It just it, it it's just illogical to think that that many people. I mean, unless you're, you know, unless you're, you're our current president and you think that most of the people who come here from other countries are criminals. For the average person, if you just pick 12 random people off the street in any country, you're not going to get 11 criminals. Most people are not criminals. And when I say criminals, I don't mean it in the way that we often mean it, which is just that they have committed, they have broken laws. I mean criminals in the sense of people who are looking to get over on other people, people who are looking to do damage or in some way be detrimental to other people. I don't believe in following unjust laws. So that's not what I mean when I say criminals. When I say criminals, I mean people who are genuinely not good people. And there's not that many of them in any population. You know, if you talk about even people who, who commit theft, most people who commit theft, they do so because of a combination of poverty and lack of opportunity, lack of education, and a number of other factors which go into them doing what they do or they feel like they have to do to, to survive. Same thing with people who sell drugs. Yeah, you have your real serious hardcore, you know, hooligan motherfuckers, but most of the t most of the people who are doing that are just doing it because you have a better chance of getting hit by a comet than you do of getting out of poverty working a minimum wage job. It's just math. So that's not what I mean when I say criminals. I'm talking about I'm talking about real bad hombres here. You know what I mean? The kind of people who are actually criminals. The deporter-in-chief, our previous deporter-in-chief, who, I mean, let's face it, he's going to be wildly eclipsed by Trump, and that's not a good thing. But it was a bad thing that he, that Obama was doing it. It was a very bad thing. And what's more, he set up new structures that could easily be exploited by somebody with bad intentions. And that is the primary element of how liberalism, centrism enables fascism. Because these structures that were created, like this, this fake university, well, if you have someone who thinks of themselves as benevolent, people who think of themselves as good people that are in charge, like our previous president. Here's the thing. I don't think that Obama is making finger temples and going, <laughs> like, at night, like, you know, I don't think that he's the kind of overt evil that intentionally does a lot of the really, really bad stuff that he did. I think at heart that he believes that he did was doing it for the right reasons. A lot of it. Some of it, I mean, there's just no getting around and probably just has to put it out of his mind. But I, I do honestly think that he is not evil or bad person in the same way that our current president is. Having said that, 
well-meaning people who are too aggressively authoritarian set up structures that can easily be turned into fascist machinery. Because in some way, it is fascist machinery already. It's just not being operated by a fascist. And that's what's happening now. The machinery of America is fascist by nature. We are viciously over-policed on our own streets. The rest of the world is viciously over-policed by our military. The thing that we make the most of now is weapons. Most of our other factories, due to, to the, the shitty trade agreements, you know, your, your NAFTAs, your PNTRs, etc., etc., were basically just to transfer wealth to multinational corporations and also to make other countries money by basically just, we literally packaged up a bunch of American factories and in whole shipped them to Mexico or to China or elsewhere. I once tried to, to spend a week where I only bought things that were made locally or made in America. I did not make it one day. Not one day could I actually do that. When we talk about how ravaged a lot of this country is and how desperate a lot of the people are, this and this is for people who live in cities. Just think about this for a second, right? I was born in a city, so I had to go outside the city to kind of actually get a, a glimpse into this. And I think a lot of urbanites just kind of don't really get this. So let me just let me just paint a little picture for you. You're born in a small town. Somewhere in Idaho, in Iowa, anywhere really, anywhere in the country, middle of the country especially. It's a factory town, right? The factory makes widgets. And because everyone has a job at that factory making those widgets, well, then you can, you can support a bakery, you can support house cleaners, you can support dog walkers, you can support all kinds of ancillary infrastructure that makes up a thriving town. But it's all dependent on that factory being open. And... Since we have a capitalist society, well, selling your labor in a factory is the best way to make a living for a lot of people. You show up, you learn what to do, you do it, you go home, done. You get a certain amount of money. And that can be just a, a perfectly fine life if you're getting a good wage. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that if all the other conditions under which you're living are favorable, which of course they're not. If that factory closes, all of those jobs are gone, but not only all of those jobs are gone, in your tiny little town, well, then all of a sudden the property values are going down, which means schools get less money. You can't afford the house cleaners and the dog walkers anymore. They all become poor and unemployed. Everything falls like dominoes. And I guess it's an overused metaphor, but it's a cliche because it's a good one. One thing falls and then everything else falls right behind it. So now what are your options? Okay, well, let's move. How much money do you have? If you're working in a factory, even if you're making a, a good wage, you probably don't have a giant amount of savings. Where are you going to move to? How are you going to afford the gas required to go around looking? Because a big enough factory, well, that can, that can basically support a large physical area of people if you're talking about a semi-rural area. Right, where people are driving 20, 30, 40 miles, whatever, up to that much to get to this factory from where they live. So then you physically have to spend lots of money on gas going elsewhere to look around for other work. Now, maybe you find a job a few towns over, but the commute is an hour and a half each way. So that's now three hours every day you're traveling and more gas money. So your quality of life has just dipped. What happens if one day your car breaks down? You don't have public, there's no public transportation in most of this country. We don't have light rails zipping around the, the country like we could, right? We don't have any of that. So you're just out of luck and you're out of luck because of a bunch of things that have nothing to do with you.
down to even the decision to build this country around cars, right? That was a deliberate choice. And it was a choice that was decided, of course, by lobbyists and people who have a vested interest in selling cars or selling you oil. That's the only reason we have so many cars right now. It's not because it's the best way to run a country or the best way for people to get around. It's not. It's not because it's the best for the environment. It's absolutely not. It's because someone sold that idea to us. You know, since most of the socialist and communist organizations that were fighting against things like this were dismantled, well, then there was no people power to stand against the entire country just being linked by freeways rather than any other mode of transportation. So you're screwed. And then what happens? The diseases of despair kick in. Why is there such a vicious opioid crisis going on in this country? It's because people have literally given up hope. That's what happens whenever there is a massive drug crisis. Addiction is generally a disease of, dis of despair. If people had any semblance of happiness and future and could see a way that they could, with their own hands, with their own work, with their own minds, get their way to a better future, they would choose that. They wouldn't just give up, because that's not in human nature either, right? We are a, a, a remarkably resilient species. We can live in some really, really frightening conditions and be relatively happy. But when everything is taken out from under you, what choice do you have? And yes, there will be outliers, which prove the rule, of people who did drive that two hours each way and did manage to make it out of their situation and to a better situation. But they're the exception that proves the rule. Just because somebody got out, just because lightning managed to strike that one person, doesn't mean that the conditions are inhumane and untenable. That's the other thing. It's just, it can't continue. So back to fascism. Was Obama a fascist? Now, I have a, a lot of friends who <laughs> would say an unequivocal yes. And let me put it like this. I obviously don't think he was a good president. I think that he sold us out hardcore. And I think that he basically lied to us about what we were going to get by electing him. But do I think that he is a fascist? No. No, I don't. And I think it's slightly irresponsible to say that he is. Because right now, we have a real fascist in office. And that is not hyperbole. We're talking about someone who does not believe in democratic forms. He does not believe in the rule of law. He has put his children in high-ranking positions of power so as to consolidate power. He has put in all of his friends and everyone who he has put into a position of power into his cabinet into some state department or other, if you look at their resumes, they are someone who is more fit to dismantle that office than to be a champion of it. And in turning over the keys to America and in giving him control of the machinery of America, you have put the tools of a fascist into the hands of a fascist. And why? Because centrism says, okay, well, we've got this Patriot Act, and of course we want to, you know, keep America better for American people, and, you know, we got to make sure we have strong borders. So, yeah, this is kind of a dirty trick, but let's do it. Let's just go ahead and do it. ICE is kind of a rogue agency anyway, so, I mean, a lot of this, I think, might have just been someone in that agency came up with this idea, and they just ran with it. Some people who say that there are no such thing as conspiracy theories, they don't believe that people can coordinate at a certain level, and I don't think that's true, but I think what is true in that line of thinking 
is that the best way for things to go off the rails is not for someone to be controlling them, but for someone to just let something get out of control, which is largely where ICE is. If you have an agency like ICE, if you're a centrist or a neoliberal who says, no, 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 we don't want to abolish ICE, we just want to fix it. What you're doing is you're saying, this organization, well, yeah, if, if, you, if you misuse them, they could be pretty detrimental, but we'll just make sure that we use it correctly right? But what's the guarantee that someone whose intention is to misuse it will not come into power? As we can see, the odds are not good. This is how I feel about it. ICE is like a nuclear weapon. You have it because you think, okay, if we have this, we'll be able to deter people from doing the things we don't want them to do. We'll be able to protect our interests. And if we absolutely have to, because people are really acting up, we'll, we'll drop it on them. But here's the thing. We have all kinds of infrastructure for immigration crimes, right? We have CBP, we have ICE. We could roll everything back to before the Patriot Act when things were working just fine. There was never any massive caravan of people storming the border looking to get in and messing things up for everyone. That never happened. ICE could disappear tomorrow and we would only be better off. Same thing with it. If every nuclear weapon on the planet disappeared tomorrow, we would be in better shape by far. The threat of nuclear war is not a deterrent. It's a nasty sword of Damocles that is just hanging over all of us. It's a fart in a locked room. It's just there waiting to hit you. What ICE did to these students, to these immigrants, to these people who were looking for some chance at, at making their lives better is absolutely criminal. And if you don't think so, there's something fucking wrong with you. Just in case you're still hanging on to some idea that it might have been okay, let me just throw this at you. They charged these people tuition for this false, unaccredited university. Do you think that when they deported these people, they gave back a cent? No. The government has been using these people as cash cows. They made millions off of these people. Then, when the school lost its accreditation, or it was finally proven to be false in January of, of this year, took the money, deported the people, and said, it's your fault. We literally robbed a bunch of immigrants who were trying to come here for an education. What is a more fascist move than criminalizing a population, stealing from them, and then either jailing or deporting them? Centrism and liberalism will always enable fascism. Because there is only one way to protect people, and that's to aggressively protect them from people who will do them harm. All enemies, domestic and foreign, the people need to be protected from. And the only way to do that is to look at things from a genuine standpoint of what is going to help people, not what our predecessors did so we're going to keep doing, not what's going to make us look strongest, what's going to help us bring the hammer down on those criminals. None of that actually ever helps any people, not even the people who think they're being helped by it. Because whatever you allow to happen to someone you think is less than you, whenever you set up structures for injustices to take place, when they're done with the people who you thought they were going after, you're going to get a taste. Abolish ICE. There is no other answer. Abolish it. It has to go. It's easy. It will save us money. It will restore our standing in the world stage. And what's more, it's just the right thing to do. Grendel out.